0: to go. Join us in this podcast of Woman at the Well Ministries as Kim takes us on a journey through the scriptures, revealing what God can do when we give Him our all. The little boy we read about in John chapter 6 didn't have much according to the bystanders, but Jesus took the two fishes and five loaves and fed more than 5,000 with 12 baskets of food left over. Stay tuned as Kim dives deep into the lessons learned from John chapter 6, verses 1 through 14. Hello, and thank you for joining
1: us in this podcast of Woman at the Well Ministries. This is an exciting truth that we find in our scriptures. In John chapter 6, beginning in verse 1, we're going to read all the way through 14, and then we're going to unpack these verses with some amazing truths that God will just give us if we'll just open up our mind and our heart and allow Him to do so. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, And a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take even a little. One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. And those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. There are so many amazing things that we can learn from this. First of all, I want you to know that the account of the feeding of 5,000 is the only miracle that is written in all four Gospels. So I believe it's something we should be studying and looking at and seeing what he has. And when we see in the opening of this account that Jesus and his disciples, they went away to the other side, to the Sea of Galilee. In chapter 5, they were observing an unnamed feast of the Jews. And it seems to me it, that this was the, as if it was maybe the, the feast of the tabernacles. And then some time had passed after this, and they had been doing miracles and miracles, one right after the other. And basically, they were tired. And so they had wanted to go up into the mountain and rest, especially the disciples. And the disciples, they weren't really on board about feeding these people. If you read the other accounts, the disciples are like, let them go. Let them go out and find their own food. But Jesus meets our needs. He doesn't depend on us in our own strength to meet any need we have. He equips us through his power, through the power of the Holy Spirit, to meet our needs. He is the one responsible for our sustenance, our blessings, our strength, our courage, and our hope. And I believe that the biggest takeaway from the feeding of the 5,000 can be found in what God can do when we yield to him the little that we have. When we give it all to him, God's hand of blessing makes amazing things out of very little. From the very surface of this account, you can see that a little boy had two fishes. And they're not like big bass that you get out of a big lake. They're more likely like pickled sardines, very small fish. And he had five barley loaves, which were more like what we would call dollar pancakes very small, just enough for what I would consider a snack. But the boy had what he had, and I want you to see that he was prepared. He was the only one who came prepared. And when you come to Jesus prepared and you give him what you have, that preparation will meet an opportunity that is an amazing blessing. God can do amazing things if we just yield ourselves to him and give everything we have to him. I promise you it will, re- it will return way more than we ever had. I want you to see that in verse 6-1 when they go around, the, the, the crowd sees that they have left. And so the crowd goes around, and what they do is when Jesus and the disciples disembark, they're there. Well, the disciples, they didn't want anything more to do with needy people. They were done. They had given all they had. But see, Jesus felt compassion on them, and so he taught them, and he healed their sick. We see this in the other accounts. He took time to do what Jesus does, to be with them, to see them, and to meet their need. I wonder how many of us, in the name of Jesus, walk by people all the time and never see them. We don't see their need, let alone try to fill it, because we're two steps ahead of them looking beyond. God has put those people in your presence for you to see them. I don't care how busy you are or how good you think you are. You are nothing compared to Jesus. And Jesus saw the people, and Jesus met their need. In verse 2, what we see is the multitude follows him, not because they recognize him as the son of God who could save them, but some were just fascinated by the miracles he had done. Others still probably needed a healing touch or a miracle. But the overall reasons that the people were following Jesus were pretty superficial and misguided. And so I ask you this question, why are you following Jesus? Just to be in the in crowd, the people around you? What do you want him to do for you? Are you following him because you think he's this God that's on a, on a puppet string and you can just get something from him? Or you can take advantage of the blessings and the common grace that he gives to all of us? What are you doing for him? Why do you want to be in his presence? Are you loving and adoring to him like the beautiful alabaster box that Mary pours on his feet? Are you crawling up in his lap to have that safety and to show him how much he means to you and how much faith you have in him? Are you just fascinated? Or it's the thing to do? Or church is the place you meet your friends? It's never wrong to go to church, but you better be going there to worship and to learn. In verses 5 through 8, the other Gospels besides John, as they give this account, they simply dismiss the multitude, the disciples. They're asking Jesus to get, get them away so they could get to their own food. And Jesus says, you give them something to eat. Now, this is a daunting task. And I believe Philip must have had something in the group as the role of accountant or banker or money man or something, because he immediately begins calculating what this is going to cost and how much money they have. And even if they did what could be six to eight months worth of, of wages, they could only give each one a little and it wouldn't fill them. See, Philip begins to look at his self-sufficiency. What can he do in this situation? How can he make it happen? How can he make it work? Now, I want you to know that this is the fourth miracle in the book of John. And we're only in chapter 6. The first one was turning water into wine. Then you see that he heals the, the official son. And then you see that there's been a paralytic for 38 years, and he heals him of his disease, and he can walk again. And now you come to where he's getting ready to bless two fish and five loaves, a boy's snack, and feed greater than 5,000 people with leftovers. Now, Doesn't it seem a little odd to you that Philip has seen him do these miracles and he's trying to figure out how he's going to take care of the situation? Well, before we get too high on our horse, we might want to realize that we do that daily. God does amazing things for each of us. And we have a problem and we try to figure it out ourselves and we usually dig the hole a little bit deeper and then we come in desperation asking Jesus to take care of us. But then there's Andrew who has his own set of oddness. He begins to take inventory. What do we got here? How can we, we do with the things that we have? And then he dismisses the little boy. Now, how do you think this little boy, who was the only one prepared, by the way, he was going to be all right. It wasn't a whole lot, but it was at least enough to tie him over till he got home. What do you think he felt like when this big, important adult dismisses what he has as nothing. How many times have you blown the fire out of a new Christian because they were so enthused and frankly far more passionate than you have and so you just squelched it and watered it down? Oh, don't be that person. I want you to blow on the embers and build a fire in the people around you. Create disciples of the King of Kings. Breathe life into them and passion into them. Make them want to know him like you know him. Know him so well that you are contagious to the ones around you because they love your joy and your peace that you have in him. But Andrew dismisses the little boy. But see, in in verse 9, it says, There's a lad which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among many? But in 10, Jesus doesn't say anything. He just says, make the men sit down. See, these two fish and five barley loaves, all that the prepared little boy had was more than enough. See, when Jesus blesses something, I want you to see clearly in this scripture that it's always more than enough. It's never barely get by, take the least amount you can get and make it. It's always greater and abundant above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. And the power that worked in Jesus was the same power that spoke the world into existence. And that same power lives in us in the, in the form of the Holy Spirit. And Ephesians 3.20 says that if we will call upon it and we will allow it to have its full reign in our lives, there is greater things that we will do. Oh, are you squelching the power of yourself? Oh, tonight I'm praying that everyone within the sound of my voice releases God in such full force that miracles and signs and wonders are done by people in the holy name of Jesus, according to the power that works in us. And in John chapter 6, verse 10, I want you to see that Christ uses inadequate people who surrender what they have to meet overwhelming needs of others. That's what the little boy did. His food was inadequate. Andrew was correct. The food on itself, with no touch of the holy master's hand, wasn't enough to get the job done. But when the Savior touched it, when the boy gave all that he had, and you had to know that boy was thinking, this is all I got. He probably was hungry. He probably determined, I'm never going to get this food back. I am never going to be full until I get home. I am going to have to sacrifice my food, and I am not going to get what I need. He must have been overwhelmed with joy and amazement when he saw, I give all I have to the Jesus. He blessed it, and there's 12 baskets going back. with the fragments from just my little fish and my barley loaves. And the scriptures say that they all were filled. Now, I want you to say something. God See something. God provided not only for them, he provided abundantly for them. But I want you to see something else too. There's something special about those remaining fragments. See, the scripture says that 12 baskets, one for each disciple. I have to believe in my heart. that As they were collecting those fragments, God was saying, see what I can do, boys? If you just give me what I have given you. If you just give me what little you have. If you turn and surrender to me. I'll do great and mighty things that you can't even imagine. But he went and he got the fragments. Now, he didn't need the fragments. Let's be real here. If he fed greater than 5,000 people, way greater, in fact, some people think it was more like 20,000 people, which if you want to know what that looks like, that's the inside of a basketball arena. A normal NBA coliseum holds about 18,000, 19,000 people. So a little more than that. And he picked up 12 baskets. He didn't need them to feed anybody. Because those 12 baskets would have amounted to way more than two fish and five barley loaves. But you see, I think he had him pick it up for this. He wanted us to know that every body matters. There are no stepchildren in God's family There is no one beyond his reach, no one outside of his love. There is no one that's disposable. In fact, he says that he wishes that all would come to repentance and that none should perish. Jesus loves you, and he wants you to know that. See, the disciples were helpless, and honestly somewhat faithless. But they had to gather those fragments of those five barley loaves and see what God does with a little boy's faith, giving all he had and asking for nothing in return. See, the end result of that is more precious than you may have caught. For in verse 14, what it says is those who witnessed God's blessings of the little lad who gave the two fish and the five loaves, giving all he had in full submission, saw the transforming power of God and what he can do when we let him. I don't know what your two fish and five loaves are. But I know this. He's waiting to use them. And he has called you to submit. My friend, when we give all we have to Jesus, it is more Than enough. It is my prayer that you know him today and that you are following in the center of his will. Remember, Jesus loves you. You are loved.
0: Thank you all for joining us today in this program of Woman at the Well Ministries. We pray that it has been a blessing to you and we encourage you to reach out to us through our website or our Facebook page. You can find us at watwm.org and at facebook.com slash watwm, where you will find devotions and many additional Bible resources to enhance your personal walk with God. Women of the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father and it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. If you would like to partner with Women at the Well Ministries, please visit our website at watwm.org. We would like to thank the gospel group Fudge Creek for letting us play their hit song, Happy Girl. We greatly appreciate your prayers. Know that we pray for our listeners. Remember that God loves you, and you are loved.
2: Hey girl. happy girl